Hey, this is Jason DeVore from Authority Zero, and you're listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. No Dave King this week. It's very unfortunate. I know he might be on the episode later, but we are joined for the first time on this podcast by Ashley Neville. She is a reporter for Bright Side of the Sun. You can find her on Twitter at Ashley Neville. Ashley, thank you for filling in for Dave King. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. It's How are nice, you? It's nice to finally have somebody that's talented from Brightside show. <laughs> up on the show. That's me. No, but Dave, Dave's been great. Me and him have been um, like swapping in and out of games with each other. So the season's been been awesome. But I'm surprised it's taken this long to be on the show. Yeah. Well, I, we think, actually, I think a fan suggested it. It was. It was finally, Jake Frogner. Oh, OK. Well, shout out to him. Dave just never wanted wanted you on, so that was that's why. But uh, and then he doesn't show up when you show up. So read into that yeah. what you will. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Uh, and Mr. Greg Esposito at Espo on Twitter, still here, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> My name is Tim Tompkins at Radio Tim NBA. So Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting out after a head coaching interview with Sixers assistant Monty Williams tonight for Toronto. Suns officials are flying to Portland meet Blazers assist, assistant David Vanterpool and Nate Tibets on Saturday. Uh, league, sources, league sources tell ESPN. So it looks like the Suns are interviewing some assistant coaches. If they do not hire Monty, Monty Williams and they go with another assistant coach with no head coaching experience, what in the world was the point outside of James Jones simply wanting his own guy, right? We haven't, had a, we haven't talked about... Uh, about any of this since since all of this went down and Igor was let go. And I honestly, I don't have a problem with what letting Igor go. All right. We all get it. It was a 19 win season. It was not very good. Where my problem lies is trying to make all uh, treating all of us like idiots in, in a press conference and basically saying it was because he was brought in to coach a team of veterans and they went to youth when i went back almost exactly a year it was to may 3rd 2018 the day that they hired uh igor kokoshkov and the direct quote was that or i don't have the direct quote but the quote was something to the extent of that they brought him in because of his player development and that he'd be able to help the young guys so do not blow smoke up uh, our backsides here tell us like it is you just as james jones simply wanted his own guy in here which is ironic because two-thirds of the people that hire james jones are still part of the decision-making process with the phoenix suns and, and james jones or, or excuse me two-thirds of the people that hired igor kokoshkov are still part of the suns front office and decision-making uh, with james jones and robert sarver so uh, this was simply James Jones wants his guy. Now, if you wind up firing Igor Kokoshkov because of uh, you know what they were saying, uh, the reasoning was, and hiring another assistant coach, you don't get an established head coach. You get another assistant coach. That, that's a problem to me. That's not you're not changing anything. And all it was all talk of championship culture, right? None of these guys are talking to or cha have championship experience, uh, and, and in particular at the head coaching level. So what are you really trying to do here? I, I'm not 100% sure. Well, Ashley, you did have an article recently on Bright Side of the Sun where there were some unnamed players that had some quotes. We can keep them unnamed for, for the show, but perhaps you can shed a little bit of light 
on uh, what some of the players thought of Igor. I think it was obvious, you know, when you were watching games in general, just the body language itself. I mean, you could already make the assumption that players didn't really respect him like players should when they have a coach. I mean, look at the way Doc, Doc Rivers' players play for him. You know, there's a complete different dynamic when you look at the coaching here. And when I talk to some of these players, they respect him. It's just a matter of not wanting to listen to him. And it was unfortunate because Igor is a good coach, but a lot of them would say, hey, he's a good assistant coach. He, um, They couldn't relate to him. There'd be players sometimes that would tell me, yo, I, don't, I can't understand a word he's saying. Like, I don't know what he wants me to be doing. There are players who are coming out of practice, coming out of games, like just confused about certain things that he wanted done on the court. Um, his expectations of them weren't clear. So that was an interesting take. And I kind of knew going into all of this that Igor was only going to be here a year. Probably about midway through the season, I could I could say that he's going to be out of here. And I heard from sources that he was going to be fired. It was just a matter of when. You know, and everyone's like, well, they're not going to fire him after a year. Well, I mean, we've seen what they've done with all their previous coaches. What, five coaches in five years? I mean, nothing, anything is possible with the Suns organization. And I know the players were not happy I don't know how much Devin had to do with anything. I mean, James Jones pretty much says that Devin doesn't always play a factor in all the decisions that are being made, uh, even though he should. So he's one of those guys I haven't I hadn't talked to about this, but um, it'd be interesting to know his true thoughts because they all said, "Oh, he's a great coach. I respect him. Whatever the organization wants to do, I'm a part of." But like, I don't know if all of that's true. Um, well, you know. The thing is, uh, James James Jones, uh, I he also said that Robert Sarver had nothing to do with this decision. Right, I didn't so understand I don't, that either. I, I don't, I don't believe that it, it, any of the anything that he said in terms of who had input. I mean, Devin Booker very much may have had a seat at the table. Hell, Larry Fitzgerald may have too, since we Which heard is he's weird. been involved. But that's really uh, strange. Yeah, like I just James Jones really seems like. Uh, you know, when you get when you get an alpha an alpha dog that wants to mark everywhere in your house to prove that that's his territory, I get that feeling from that James Jones press conference. This was only my decision, mine and mine alone. You know, and and just basically making a point that this is his team now. And there's a few other things, and I think we're going to get into them later in the episode that seem to be that way too. That he's just very much trying to prove that this that he's in charge right now. And that is, uh, I think that weighed heavily in the decision as well as in letting Igor go. But it's interesting to hear the players thoughts on that, but they had Earl Watson, a guy who had just finished playing two years prior that they could connect to. And we got the same results out of that as well. He wasn't a good coach though. You no, know, that, that's, that, that's definitely the difference. They need to find <laughs> someone who's a good coach and someone that, can coach players and have that relationship. I mean, the relationship part is so huge. And I know that there was a communication barrier. I know there was a cultural barrier. Um, they would all go through Joe. Joe is like that guy um, that everyone can talk to. You know, if they had a question about anything, Joe is that guy. But again, Joe isn't a head coach. Joe's gone now too, right? Right. Yes. They're all that gone. They literally cleared everyone out. The, the irony there too is when Lindsey Hunter was head coach for that brief time. 
Igor Kokoshkov was actually the guy that was running all the huddles and that the players were going to. So it was wow. almost a complete reversal of what uh, what you're saying with Prunty. So that's uh, that's funny to me as well. Yeah, it was a it was definitely it, everything was just it was an interesting season. I know that there was also players who were unhappy with playing time. There were players who lost playing time when other guys got here. Obviously, they weren't happy. Can you speak to that more specifically? Yeah, so, you know, there was, you know, the whole thing with TJ sitting out. Um, I thought that was super sketchy. I knew that when he didn't come back for the first couple weeks, I was like, this is probably it. Um, I knew that there was mutual decision between him and the Suns that they both didn't want to, he didn't want to play, and the Suns didn't want to, didn't want him anymore. Um, so expect him 100% to be a part of some sort of trade that goes down in the offseason. I'm going to bet my money on him, like a package for him, Josh, and maybe a couple other th- a couple other things. Because if you think about Kelly Oubre, he's going to be staying. So what, what is that cut in, that cuts into all of Josh's time, his playing time? And I know Josh probably wants to go somewhere to make an impact, but if you're going to choose between him and, him and Kelly. So I think there was a lot of different things going on with all the moves throughout the season. It's not just, you know, the coach, but it was – just the players not understanding, like, what is the Suns organization trying to do? And I think it's, it's you know, they have to understand that they're a young team. They have to do what's best for them. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, TJ was told, all right, you need to increase your three-point shot. He did that. He came out, had a great season, gets hurt. I know he wasn't happy with playing time, wasn't happy to – he didn't want to play there. I mean, it's kind of those situations like the Morris twins, Bledsoe, and Tyson Chandler. Like, when all these guys end up leaving – then we start to hear the truth of like what really went down. And a lot of these guys don't want to play here. Well, and I don't TJ, know if it's going to get any better. TJ isn't exactly hiding it either. I mean, I was on, uh, on Twitter a handful of days before the season ended. And I said, look, the Suns organization should give TJ Warren his $250,000 bonus because, mm-hmm. you know, it's five, it's five, three point shots. They should do it. He earned it. And uh, he liked that tweet. So he's very publicly. uh, Yeah. So he's not exactly hiding it with his displeasure either. So and you know what? Really, the Phoenix Suns marketing slogan next year should be the Phoenix Suns. What the hell are we doing? Because it's been a decade (laughs) of that and people questioning the same the same thing. And if you're not going to keep players happy if you're going to have constant change and chaos this is what you're going to breed is is an organization and a team that isn't sure what in the world is expected of them or or that's going on and i don't think it's going to change with james jones from what i'm hearing from people well another interesting thing too that i don't know a lot of media like i like to read in between the lines i don't like to make assumptions of what players or what james jones is saying but i can definitely read in between the lines and make assumptions on certain things. Um, but it was interesting to me when Jamal Cropper, they had their exit interviews and he was saying like him and TJ would always talk and TJ didn't really talk to media. He literally was probably, he was the only one that like walked away from all of us. He, and I knew from there, like, all right, he's not coming back to the Suns. He doesn't like to talk anyway, but him and Jamal hit it off with music. And, um, he said, yeah, TJ really wanted to be back out there and play with us. And he was actually like scrimmaging with them in practice. And we weren't seeing any of that stuff. But, I mean, I've heard from other people that they've kind of seen him playing even outside of the facility. Nothing too crazy, but outside of the facility, still putting in, getting his shots up. He's still working out. So I thought that was really interesting. I never really reported it just because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. 
But I mean, that's kind of crazy that someone is fully healthy and he was benched for the entire season. Well, so, you know, you know, he wanted to get out there, even if it was just to jack up five shots and, and five three pointers and sit Ooh. right out. That, that would not shock me if the money played a big part in why, oh, yeah. why he didn't he, he didn't play. I mean, it just would not shock me one bit if if that were the case. And look, like I said at the beginning, I have no problem with with firing Igor Kokoshkov. Obviously, there were there were issues there, but you yeah. now have to prove that. That you had a quality alternative, and why? What I didn't understand is why prolong it, right? Why wait as long as they did to to do that? If you knew Monty, uh, I almost said Monty Hall. That's uh, Monty Williams would be uh, was the guy you wanted to go after and pursue. Let him go day one of the off season and go after Monty Williams. Don't wait until he's had his second interview with the with the Lakers. Maybe that's why. Uh, Maybe that's why they waited. Maybe they they waited to kind of see, all right, what are some other teams looking into? Because obviously the Suns can't do anything good by themselves, so they need to kind of see what everyone else is doing. Okay, if if that's a good interview for a coach, maybe we should pursue him too. Oh, great, great. So now James Jones is taking my (laughs) approach to high school Latin, kind of lean over and look off the other guy's test. Great, that's fantastic. (laughs) That's what you want from your general manager, a guy who can't (laughs) decide until he sees what what LeBron and the Lakers are going to do. Wonderful. You know another guy that I thought would be interesting? Sorry to to cut you off. Another guy that I thought would have been really interesting for them to try to pursue is Joan Howard. And I'm su- and I'm actually surprised that it hasn't been a name because I know that he's done a really good job with the Heat. Um, I don't know how good of a coach he is, but I do know player development relationships are there. But he, he has a good relationship with James Jones. So, like, I, I don't know why that wouldn't even be a consideration. My, my guess is. is he's the name that eventually emerges, and it was one of those James yeah. Jones – didn't want it to look like it, the first ah. name that gets out there is his buddy. Yeah. And that and that was why he was so adamant about I'm not going to discuss names. I'm not going to discuss names. I'm not going to talk about specific people in this search. Yeah. I, that's my guess. Hmm. Well, at least the Suns didn't pull a Kings. Hire Luke Walton and then yes. have to deal with uh, the and- impact of that. Hey, there's still time. You don't know what's going to happen when they hire somebody, <laughs> all right? And and I heard an, I heard J- uh, Jason Kidd was a name that got thrown out there, and there's all sorts of potential for things to go sideways if that's who they go with. So um, I, to, to be fair, I would I not think, go with him either. Jason I'm Kidd not likes high to, on him. He likes to throw his own name into a lot of hats. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> he does. Um, it, it would not. That would not shock me either if that was a. Uh, it was a, oh yeah, uh, I, yeah. I'm t- in talks with the Sun. Sure, you know, call yeah. call a specific uh, a few media members to get his own name out there. So, well, who, hopefully, whoever they choose, they can give him at least longer than a year. Give them give them a little bit more of a chance. They're gonna go a, a season and three games for this next guy. You know, you get get the full Watson. You know. <laughs> Uh, but we do want to thank you listening on your headphones right now or watching on YouTube for being a huge supporter of the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. If you want to do a monthly donation, whether that be $1, $5, or the $10 option, in that case, I will personally send you some Sun swag. Um, all you got to do is open up the show notes on your podcasting app below or open up the YouTube, and there's a link right there for support the show this week. We do want to thank Paul. So, Paul, thank you so very much. 
for the monthly donation. We appreciate it. Um, if you guys want to help as well, it really does go a long way. Yeah, I mean, you're helping you're helping Dave uh, get hair dye and everything to make him feel younger. So you just uh, keep doing that, everybody. We need that support. Uh, we won't tell you what other age-related stuff he's buying, but, you know, you're helping him out. So. Oh, God. And he needs a new webcam now, too. You just put some weird thoughts in my head. <laughs> Dave's going to kill us. Welcome welcome to the solar panel. So. Thank you. And uh, uh, the presenting... You didn't warn me about this. No. <laughs> uh, the, the presenting sponsor of the episode, Valley Boys. Valley-boys.com. Wow, I'm wearing a plain black tank top. That's yep. horrible. Mm-hmm. We will. I'm uh, technically, I technically can't be a Valley Boy, though. It'd have to be like Valley Girls or something, but I don't, I don't think that would fit. It can be, I think everybody can be a Valley Boy. I don't think okay. there's a... a, a, okay. a, a I mean, we can ask Kelly Oubre for uh, for a clarification, but I'm pretty sure it's all encompassing. So yeah, no, I need to get one. I saw they someone bought a a hat. The hats look cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that was the official merch of Kelly, but I know that there is some stuff out there that's Valley Boys. Yeah, and so he's gonna have to patent that or copyright whatever you want to call it. We'll we'll get you hooked up. So thank uh, you. But yeah, I, I, I'm impressed with the gear. It's actually, uh, you know, you get some of these T-shirts, you know, these other shows, websites, they hawk this stuff, and it's crappy quality. But I actually uh, would rock these T-shirts if I weren't getting, uh, uh, you know, asked to. So this, You know what I would fun. rock? I would rock a jersey with my at on the back. Oh, I don't know. Who would have that? And how I mean, that's, that? a, that's a great idea. So, like, when you're walking around, you could gain followers, you know? Like, people look at your jersey, go to their phone, open Twitter, follow. Okay, so for those of you listening and not watching on YouTube, uh, in my home office, there's a jersey over over my shoulder with my at name. That was a gift when I left the Suns after my five-year stint there. That was a personal years? Yeah. Wow, yep. it wasn't one year. You must have been doing uh, something right. Well, Robert Sarver didn't know my name, so it took five years for him to figure it out and, and uh, <laughs> excommunicate me. So that well, was that's... that was how it happened. Oh also, my just, gosh. just for a moment, keeping it on Valley Boys, they do have uh, gear for the ladies. So by all means, that is valley-boyswithaz.com. So the Pelicans targeting Aaron Nelson. All right. Nat, you just pulled the string. It's time to. It's time. To, this is. This may be my final straw because there was the other report. Uh, I think it was Arnovitz on the uh, the Zach Lowe podcast saying James Jones is looking to completely clear house, including training staff and uh, and equipment managers and everybody. And that that's it for me. If that happens, I you've completely officially cross the line because these are guys that have dedicated their entire professional career to this organization are some of the most well-respected in the NBA. And if James Jones decides that it's time to just clear house to simply clear house because he wants a quote unquote championship mentality across the board, that's it for me. All right. Because it's ruling by fear, I think. And and he's taking a page from Robert Sarver here where it's, it's everybody, outside of the organization in his mind is better than those inside the organization. The grass is greener and it's just not the case. These guys are some of the best in the business on that training staff. Mm-hmm. And and what is James Jones is constantly talking about this championship mentality, right? What does James Jones know about being a champion 
outside of his whole championship mentality is LeBron James. Is he somehow bringing LeBron to Phoenix? Because without LeBron James, James Jones has no championships. All right, he he rode on LeBron's coattails. It's not like he was a key key component in those championships. It's not like he went to organizations that that knew huge amounts about it. Miami, maybe a little bit with Pat Riley. Maybe he learned a little bit there from Pat Riley. But the majority of what he knows about winning titles is having the best player in the game on your roster. So why, what, what are these moves really about outside of him just wanting his people in here? I'm just, it, this one immensely frustrates me and it's personal to me, which I think you can probably tell because I know those guys. I've, I've talked to those guys. You know how hard they work and the things that they implement to try to help these guys be the best that they can. They single-handedly kept Steve Nash, Shaquille O'Neal, and, and uh, Grant Hill's careers alive at the end with everything that they did. They brought... Uh, procedures and technology to the league that nobody was using and now they're just going to be discarded i actually kind of hope aaron and the group winds up with uh with dave griffin out in the in the pelicans in new orleans because i know they're going to take care of him i know that they're going to appreciate him and that's obviously not the case right now in phoenix yeah it's interesting that dave griffin would make that move having been here and, and knowing, you know, the Suns previously. But, yeah, I, I had talked to David Griffin before he took this job and asked him, you know, what the what the Suns should do with this organization. And this is – I'm actually surprised that James Jones was kept at GM or announced that he was going to be GM and not have someone hired above him who actually knows what they're doing. And that's no offense to James Jones at all. But as, you, as we could see for the, from this past year, um, we don't know what he's doing. And, and like you said, he played basketball. I, I got to give him some credit. I mean, he's a three-time champion. I mean, even if you're on the bench, you still get a ring. Um, and his impact goes way beyond what, he, what he's done on the court. But again, what experience does he have as a GM? None. I mean, when, when, you, when you look at the Sixers organization, Elton, is it Elton Brand? He has someone above him making making most of the calls. I mean, a lot of people don't know that, but he's not doing all of the, all the, this, making the choices by himself. No, and the infrastructure was there, too. Right, I mean. it's there. But that's the thing is that James, it's like, who's telling James, who's who's mentoring and telling James Jones what to do? Robert no Sarver. Who can't, that's, like, that, that's uh, his mentor. Jeez, and, that is horrible and, mentor. No offense. And, Robert, I hope I still have my job next year. Robert, well, it's not the sons that pay you, right? I don't know. And That's Robert, I try to be, I try to be nice though. Robert picks people that align with his view of things that that he can have a major influence over. And that's why you see a lot of first-time people, a lot of his guys, quote-unquote, that that he winds up aligning with. And I, I don't care what James Jones said. Robert Sarver is still heavily involved in yeah. all of this. And Jeff Bauer, that that hiring is is so confusing to me. You, you bring an adult in the room and then give him absolutely no power. I mean... He he probably was just like, all right, I'll take a paycheck. Why not? If you want to pay me, I'll come in. I'll try to advise. But he has no power in that room, which is crazy to me. Well, that was another thing that David had talked to me about is the fact that 
no one ever is able to give. They, it's like they hire you to do the job, and then they don't let you do the job. Mm-hmm. They and then pulled that was the another, rug out. Yeah, I mean that was an, you know I would have loved to see David Griffin back here, and I told him that I'm like we need you, we need you, man. But obviously he knew that wasn't going to happen. But again, the Suns, like you said, hire people or Sarver hires people that align with him, basically agreeing with everything that he says and does. But we hear we hear this all the time from former players who are like Sarver came into the locker room and tried telling us how to play tried giving his two cents. Like, I don't even know if he's picked up a basketball before. Like, I don't even know if he's ever played in his life. Not saying that that you can't be knowledgeable about the game without playing, because I, let me tell you, I am not very good, all right? I miss a lot of uncontested shots. But I already know that if I wanted to hire someone to make my organization better, I would hire someone who knows what they're doing, and I would know how to step, step away and back up. He should just be the guy that provides the money, he owns the team. He has the money, and let everyone else do 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 the job. Look, and I get I get wanting to protect your investment, but really, I mean, yeah, you too should, much. You hire people that you trust to yeah. do a job, and then you step back and you let them do the job. Like, and yeah, of course, you have you have say in larger financial decisions, you know. But but you step back and you let them do it, and he has never ever been able to do that, and that's just frustrating. And I don't think it's going to change. I mean, so, so if, speaking to that though, the coaching search, um, flying all the way up to Toronto, then flying to Portland. Guess who was not on that plane? Sarver. Right. Well, that doesn't. Can we mean... take something from that? Maybe he is trying to change his ways, no. or well, he doesn't care. He doesn't... Or, or maybe or he already he... made up his mind. Or he already knew that those weren't serious candidates, and that part of this is a dog and pony show to say that you did your due diligence before you hire somebody that you actually want. That's a good. Yeah, I didn't think about they that. They knew they knew there weren't going to be any offers made, and so he didn't care. Do 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 we are we at this point in our our fandom of the Suns team that we can only assume the negative when it comes to Robert Sarver? No, because I've seen when you've seen it from the inside. Look, I've said this, Robert Sarver. It can be a very nice man at times. There's, and this, it's not an indication of the person, but he can also be so irrational in decision making. Having seen it from the inside, I just don't have faith that when it comes down to making the right decision and sticking with it, that that he'll do it. So yeah, the assumption usually is going to be a negative, and and there's over a decade's worth of proof to show that that's the way it should be. Respect is not given. Respect is earned. And what has he done to earn the respect from fans? I just want to know what the league can do. Like, I wish there was a way to, like, remove him. Because he's not not, uh, racist and he's not, you know, to our knowledge, uh, assaulting women. Uh, To our knowledge. To our knowledge. But he's just a bad owner. So you can't... uh, what can they you do? You can't take a business from somebody right. just because they're not good at doing it. I mean, it, they it, it, the the biggest hope here is the arena renovations get done. The team's never yeah. going to be worth more than it is at that point. And he decides, I'm going to take my $1.2 billion of profit and walk away from this at that point. But I just don't know that he's going to do it. And reports are that the minority owners uh, aren't happy about it. But the way that the bylaws of the Suns organization are written, they have really no power whatsoever about it to do anything to change it. Crazy. 
That's so. crazy. We need we need something, especially with Devin Booker. I know we were going to talk about him and transition to that anyways, but yeah, here's Ooh. the thing. So so Dave wrote this show outline today. He did. And I got it and I appreciate him writing it. Uh, I don't agree. So we aren't going to talk oh. about half that stuff. We can, if you really okay. want to dive into like the playoffs <laughs> well, we, and what Devin Booker would look like in the playoffs. I'm more than happy I, to. I don't know what he would look like in the playoffs because we haven't seen. And typically he he's going to need more than a year under his belt for us to decide how good he is in, in the playoffs. Because we, we see guys who've been in the playoffs every year and then they go scoreless in a game. Or then we see a guy like Jamal Murray who's going off and who's hitting big big shots to to seal the game or Landry Shamet or, you know, some of these guys. So I, I don't know. We would have to, we would have to see, but Booker, he needs to speak up. And that, this is something else that I've heard. Um, won't name names is Booker doesn't, he doesn't, he's not vocal enough sometimes. So as much, you know, he, he does say a lot. I, I respect you know, he does respect Sarver. I know him and Sarver have a great relationship. Um, that's a fact. And then, but I don't know how much he speaks up on things. Like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want here. This is what I need. I don't think he knows how to speak up because there were several instances that I would hear where Devin can step in, stick up for his teammates, but instead just kind of sits back and, and is quiet. So that's another element to me where if you're leading a team, and I understand Devin's very humble. He's a good guy. He's really nice. He's not like a LeBron where he just, just carries himself very different. But if you're the leader of a team, you have to demand something or else you're, you have to leave or else you, just, you, you demand to be out. And that's what LeBron did at that point. With the, with the Cavs all those years, they weren't giving him what he needed, so he left. The same situation is going to happen with Booker. If, number one, he doesn't step up and say something, and number two, if they don't start, if they don't start winning. Look, I I love book, but it's easy to respect somebody when he hands you 158 million dollars. I'd have a lot more respect for uh, for certain people if uh, if they wrote me that kind of check as well. So uh, if you wrote me a check for if you wrote me a check for 158 million dollars, Greg, I would get down on my knees. Uh, I'm not paying you. <laughs> just, I'll pay you so 158. I. I pay you 158 million not to. How about that, Tim? <laughs> listen, listen. So I, I want to get Ashley's take uh, a little bit about the off season. Ashley, what you've heard or you think that the Suns might do with the pick? Uh, you brought up a little while earlier something that you know Suns fans and different media members have debated TJ Warren being traded. You make it sound like it's a lot more of a certainty than, than I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts for the Suns heading into this off season? Oh man. Um, they have a lot to think about in terms of their draft picks. They can always package that into some sort of a trade. There's a lot of free agents on the market right now. I don't even know who in free agency would want to come here. Like, I don't even know, like, what they should do. But I do know that I, I, I can almost say 99% sure that TJ's out. Um, I think Josh will be out, too. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with, like, Tyler Johnson. I mean, I love Tyler, but they need a point guard. They need something. I mean, Tyler's a good, a good guy to come off the bench, but they need a point guard, and they need a stretch four. They need um, – also, it would be nice to go a season without injuries, without half your roster injured. That would be nice. 
Um, but again, as what James Jones said, they can't be having four rookies in their rotation. That's not going to happen. I mean, you have Elliot Cobo well, and DeAnthony Melton starting. Like, what? That's what we heard last year, too. Yeah, we, to be fair, yeah, we've heard this line. Okay. I think I finally figured out what they're trying to do with Aaron Nelson and the training staff. They're going to trade them to New Orleans for Drew Holiday and fix the point guard situation. But, that would be great. There I we go. I, Drew Holiday would be a good fit. I actually heard there are a lot of guys, especially out in the East, um, point guards, who, who've been very clear about saying – we would love to be in Phoenix. People who come here, despite the sun's not being good, people want to live here. If you think about living in New York during the winter, Minnesota, Chicago, any of those places, like, this is a great deal. Yeah. Cost, of, cost of living, beautiful out here. Not to mention the pool parties are great, but, I mean, who actually goes to pool parties when you're playing in the season, right? Oh, um, yeah, not, nobody does. No one. You're, you're at home, you're resting, you're doing everything that you should be doing. Um but yeah, I mean, a Drew Holiday would be a great fit. I would like for them to maybe try to pursue like a D'Angelo Russell or a Spencer Dinwiddie, um, one of one of those guys who I already know has a. They both do have a good relationship with Booker, especially D'Angelo. So I do think they are gonna something big is gonna happen. I yeah. think something big is gonna happen. Well, they're gonna have to, and I mean, to your yeah. point about point guards in the East, there's a lot of starting quality point guards who are backups in this in the league in the east so phoenix becomes a a much more attractive situation regardless of what's going on with the organization because they get a start and that's what probably interests a lot of guys as well as they realize look there's there's a path of uh to an easy starting job here that i can have a, a fairly big impact because when you're a point guard and you can go hey I can pass the ball to Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton as a starter. Your value looks a lot a lot better than sitting on the bench in the East. Well, that's so. why and Austin Rivers' agent wanted him to go to Phoenix so much. Everyone was like, no, Austin Rivers, he doesn't want to play here. No, his agent wanted him in Phoenix. It would have been great for that next paycheck. But he yeah. didn't want to be here. He wanted to go to, he wa- to a winning organization. And you know what? It ended up working out for him. I'm actually happy. I mean, he, he annoyed the hell out of me in college. And then I saw him go to the league. I'm like, are you in the league because you're good or because your dad helped you? And then he goes to the Clippers. And I'm like, this guy. And, and I think a lot of that had to do with some of the relationships being broken with Blake, um, CP3, all those guys because of Austin. And I, I, know, I know that for a fact, too. And then, and then he wants to go back and play with CP3, which made no sense. I'm getting sidetracked here. But um, where was I going with that? This happens a lot where I'll be, I'll have a point and I can't finish the point. It's just like and having Dave even, on the show. I'm not even vaping. Well, uh, um, listen, <laughs> actually, I do have another question for you then. Yes. Do you think that the Suns value a stretch four more than they value a defensive minded four that doesn't stretch the floor? I mean, I would say they would want someone who can defend. I mean, who, who has, who has a, a defense-first mentality, but it doesn't seem like that in recent years, to be honest. Well, I, how, do we, how do any of us know, though, Tim? Because James Jones know. has changed. Well, I don't. That's why I'm as, asking. I know. I'm just, <laughs> She's like, around these people. I'm not. We're, we're all guessing because James Jones. I don't even has, know what they value at this point. He changes. He's changed his tune so many times on what he says about uh, about things. And the only thing that's certain to me is if they don't have one or two in the draft, if it's not Zion or Ja, 
they're trading that pick. And really, the only certainty to me is one, because I think you can't pass up on Zion. But I'm not 100% sure that they they believe that Ja Morant can come in here and be the point guard they need. I wouldn't do that either. I would, I would, if, 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 yeah, if I'm them, if I'm them, I mean, the point guard position is a very, is one of the hardest positions to play. And you're going to try to draft a rookie who had a great – he had a great season this year. I'm not going to take that away from him. I mean, he proved it. But the NBA is a different level. You're playing with you're playing with the best in the world, and it's different than college. I mean, when you go from college to the pros, I mean, I'm watching some of these workouts with these guys, and a lot of them are underdeveloped. A lot of them, it's like you're trying to go into the draft, and you don't know how to do this and this and this, and then we're asking a guy to come in – play the point guard position to a dysfunctional organization and, and, and make an impact right away. I don't see how it's going to happen as opposed to a Zion where you know what you're going to get with him, you know, but, but a point guard is such, has to, has to know so much more. So what? they, if they're, if they're going to get a point guard, it has to be a veteran point guard. I would oh. not even waste my pick on, on a rookie point guard. No, I think you've got to leverage it for a trade. But the scary thing is, all the mm-hmm. reports we're hearing is the Suns may actually like John Morant more than they like Zion Williamson. How do you, if do. that happens, that's that that's insanity. If you turn down, and there's no okay, let's be honest, the basketball gods will not allow the Phoenix Suns to have back-to-back number one picks. It's just, that's not going to happen. So we it don't might. have to worry about it. Basketball gods won't. I. I've Look what been around. Cleveland. Well, yeah, Cleveland had LeBron. That's the they they were trying to make up. They they were trying to make up for the fact that that they lost LeBron. So the league was like, we take pity on you fans, and, and oh, maybe. No. <laughs> but, well, another thing I don't get too about um, Suns fans. No offense to Suns fans, they want Lonzo Ball here, for whatever reason, and I don't understand that either. Well, like they, when, when I say they need a veteran a veteran point guard. I'm not talking Lonzo Ball, okay? Like, I'm not – I mean, th- this guy gets injured every other game. He, he is a good point guard, but we need, we need, like, an athletic point guard. And mm-hmm. I feel like he doesn't have athleticism. He doesn't have enough of it. That's okay. just my opinion. So to explain it to you, how, how son, and I'm not mansplaining here or anything, but just okay. to, from a Suns fan perspective. He mansplains it, to me. That's the, yeah, I do. Okay. Well, that's, that's because Tim needs it. But. Listen. So it's for, if if you're if the the way it is for Suns fans is basically if you went without eating for a week, anything looks appetizing, and that's why Lonzo Ball <laughs> looks like a a good option at point guard. Is basically anything that's NBA uh, caliber with potential is a is an attractive option. Let so. me let me disagree with you there. Lonzo Ball he does not get enough credit for how good of a defender he is. Well, that's, that's fair, but but it's that's not fair. what you need right now. Uh, they I mean, need it. Uh, they need it. They need a defender. <laughs> they need somebody that can pass ball. I'd be okay with Lonzo. I don't want to deal with his dad. I think we all feel that way. But he is a he is an NBA caliber player. You I, know what what upset me in this draft? And Dave mentioned it when me and him were talking, and we did that little like post game or post interview or post press conference video. Could you imagine if they would have if the Suns would have drafted Jalen Brunson? They probably would have been a heck of a lot better this season, at least maybe by ten games. By ten games, and they went with Ellie Akobo. No offense, Ellie Akobo. Why? Ryan McDonough was not great at picking second round draft picks. This was oh. a no brainer, though. This is this was a no brainer. A kid who came from Villanova. You were high on Mikhail Bridges. 
who has that same type of winning mentality and you don't want to bring his teammate on with him? Come on, well, man. I was so mad. That, I mean, that wasn't a front office pick, though. Mikhail yeah. wasn't the guy. Shea Gildress Alexander sure. was Good the point. guy Fine. that they wanted and got undermined by certain people who are still there with the organization. So, so that, he's, been, he's been good too. This dysfunction, dysfunction is the reason why. And I don't know. I, there, there's a lot of things that Ryan McDonough did wrong there. And I'm not going to sit here and say, that's not the case, but there were a lot of things that were undermined as well. And by people that are, are, are still, still sitting there in positions of power. So, uh, it's, it's very Game of Thrones-ish, if you will, around there. So I haven't watched, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, Dragon Bender. I want to get Ugh. Ashley's take. Is he, is he coming back? Because I have a sneaking suspicion he is, and I'm basing that off of nothing. <laughs> I don't think he is. No? Um, no. I don't think he's a good NBA player. I think the, it's, too, it's too fast for him. I think he's a better overseas player. Um, I think... Hell, I don't think he's going to last in the NBA. I mean, there's guys that are playing overseas or guys in the G League who are better than him, and he's getting an opportunity to start. I mean, no offense. He's a great guy. I'm very, very sorry. All these guys are great guys. I mean, I'm so mean. Like, I can't even – I wouldn't (laughs) even be able to be at their their level. Um, But, again, I'm just – I have to speak facts. What does he bring to the team? What does he bring? I mean, he played well this season, but I think anyone could have played well in the Suns this season. You put anyone, both of you could have been thrown out there. I'm sure you guys would have made somewhat of an impact. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I I never would have dropped 12 points and grabbed 10 rebounds in any game. I'll tell you that much. But look, I'm I not th- impressed. I'm not impressed. I, I'm I'm a Dragon Bender supporter. I still own my condo on Bender Island. Uh, and, uh, and have not sold the property. But after watching what's gone on so far, I think we will see as many of Ryan McDonough's draft picks and players from the past few years that aren't named Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges stripped away from this roster and gotten rid of, regardless of how we feel about them as players, because James Jones, the, the theme of this episode, James Jones wants us to be his team. Dragon Bender will not be a part of this franchise. No. I think he winds up with the Spurs and make uh, pop uh, makes another guy look uh, unbelievably good after he leaves a franchise that uh, they cast him aside. That's just unfair. That's just, I mean, <laughs> at the, if you think about it, any, any, a lot of players who end up leaving the Suns end up playing better. Uh, some uh, it doesn't take much. Yeah, uh, I know. Marquise Chris Eric Bledsoe, anybody? Right, Dragon or uh, Goran Dragic. Yeah. Uh, did Another he? I, did he play better in Miami? Because he played pretty damn well for the Suns. I he, thought he played well. I thought he played better in Miami. He, he elevated his game. At, in Miami. As well, at least at the very least, he played as well. And yeah. you can't can't deny Eric Bledsoe has looked much better. Granted, playing next to Giannis makes a lot of people look better but uh there's a lot of guys that do leave here that that wind up having more success i'm just glad the morris brothers weren't uh weren't uh, grouping damn keep was not not good no not good this postseason not at all but Bledsoe, i did talk to him when he came to town and he could not say enough good things about the organization that he's with right now 
<laughs> I mean, no, every, you could just like feel like a different energy. Like when you walk into some of these shoot arounds, I mean, I, it's, you can't base anything off of a shoot around. I mean, but you can feel energy and like how, how teams are vibing and players and Milwaukee felt like one where it's like, wow, like they all like really get, they all really respect each other. Like they all really get along. They seem to really be, you know, enjoying like being together and being on the same team. And, and that was when I talked to him, he couldn't say enough good things about being with that organization. I mean, he kept like bringing it up too. So I almost felt like, are you taking the stab at other organizations that are not very good or, or well, what? I mean, not going to make any assumptions here, but he said a lot of good things about them. So I'm happy for him. EB is very happy in Milwaukee and, uh, and was very frustrated here for numerous reasons. One of which, like we talked about on last week's episode was knowing that, uh, Earl Watson got strong-armed out because of Eric Bledsoe's contract demand and that Watson wasn't willing to fire uh, Clutch Sports. So, like, there was just, there's a lot, there's there's a lot of reasons why guys are happier when they leave here. EB is just, uh, is just one of those guys, and it's showing on the court right now. So. And I hope they keep Kelly Oubre. They will. I'm praying. I know. I, I think they're going to. They're they're going to overpay immensely. For what is Kelly what is what is an like overpay? Him. What is an overpay? I feel like he's going to come down around 15, 16. Uh, do they overpay uh, all the way up to twenty? I think seventeen to nineteen is the range he winds up in, and it's Ooh. an overpay. Ooh. Ooh. I thought I, he, I thought he played well this season. I thought he he's he is worthy of a good contract. I don't I don't deny that he played well and I don't deny that he's he's worthy of a good contract, but a good contract in my mind for him is 13 to 15. I think you get in that That's seven, not bad. 17 to 19 you're you go okay, is he really if you look at this and you're projecting out and you know championship is what you want, is he the third best player on a championship team? No. No, and that's the kind of money that you're going to have to spend on, on a second or third best player on a championship team when you're trying to add this, and you 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 lock him in, in at that, it's going to create some uh, financial problems for you down the road. And so, this is true. They they need him in terms of like what he like I said, what he brings, not just his game, but just that that whole demeanor, that whole attitude. Um, another guy I really hope doesn't leave but he might leave, is Jamal Crawford. And he did say at the press conference he hasn't liked to hop around from team to team. But then he also tweeted that he needs to make the playoffs next season. He gone. So <laughs> it sounds to me that he's going to be gone. Hold on. Getting FaceTime calls right now. Or he really uh, believes that the Suns are going to make the playoffs next season. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a stretch. I think that's a stretch. So I think he is going to be out. Um, but that's unfortunate because again, they, they really could have used his veteranship, his his leadership um, there. And I think Booker took a lot from him. DeAndre took a lot from him. All those guys took a lot from him. And they need someone like that because if he goes, what do they have? You know, who's the uh, oldest guy on the team? Troy Daniels. If they keep him, which I doubt they They're are. They're not going to keep him. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, they, they'll have to find, they'll have to sign new veteran guys in, in this off season. And, and the, that's, their 8 that's million? yeah, for, well, yeah, what, their cap space is another. Well, who's uh, going to want, again, who's going to want to come here? 
I well, mean, but why did Jamal Crawford come here? Because nobody else was knocking on his door and they were willing true. to pay him a, a couple million bucks. I mean, yeah, that's the, the reality of someone, it. But the Suns need someone that does have all the people wanting to knock on the door. Yeah, you well, know, we but, can't just you can't just get these leftovers. Not saying Jamal Crawford's a leftover. But no, Jamal saying, Crawford was a leftover. Oh man, I can't. I'm not gonna say all that. I uh, like uh, Jamal. I love played Jamal. He's <laughs> a leftover. He's not. He can still ball. I mean, he can still play. No, uh, but the, what I'm saying is nobody else wanted him. Like he yeah. he sat there for as long as he did because nobody else was knocking on his door. So that's sad. Uh, look, Cole. Culture is important, but it's treated as a buzzword here, and it's not built on fear and chaos. Culture is built on a, a bedrock of stability and and leadership. And and, if the Suns, yeah, and, tr- and right now, the Suns don't have any of that. The head coaching uh, job is going to be the first step in that. If it's a guy like Monty Williams, I might buy in that they have a chance to build that because it's a well-respected guy, but we'll see. And, and you can't treat culture uh, flippantly. And I feel like that's the way they have. Well, I want to say what a positive episode this has been. Uh, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, the next of time course. you come on, we'll have to uh, be a bit more optimistic about the, the current state of the franchise. Tim, next, next week, this may be the Pelicans nest because if, uh, if the training staff winds up in new Orleans, I may be done talking about phoenix so we may be talking about the new orleans pelicans i would not mind i would not mind that at all <laughs> uh we all need a break well ashley thank you so much for coming on you can find her on twitter at ashley neville a reporter for bright side of the sun at espo grass Bizito. i'm tim tompkins at radio tim nba don't forget that if you do want to support the sun solar panel podcast just open up those show notes below hit the support the show button and we will be back next week you just got done listening to the solar panel for more great Suns content, check out the Timeline podcast for stuff like this. There's no way that Hakeem Olajuwon makes his own pancakes. <laughs> I'm really sorry that you just made a great coherent point and that's all I had to respond with, but it, all it did was lead me to look up the fact that Hakeem Olajuwon made $110 million in his NBA career and God knows how much since then. He easily has someone at his ranch to make his pancakes, right? That's The Timeline, a Phoenix Suns podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play.